0: Welcome, everyone, to our 20th episode of Indo Techno
1: and another episode of Ganbei and our third installment of Sino Indo Techno. I'm Art Dicker, a technology lawyer and host of the Ganbei podcast here in Shanghai.
0: And I'm Alan Heliwell, founder of startup advisory firm Gizmo Advisors and venture partner at Alpha JWC Ventures.
1: As part of our mission to profile the growing tech connectivity between China and Indonesia, we are very pleased to welcome on to today's podcast one of the leading VCs involved in building this corridor, Benny Chen of Base Capital.
0: Welcome to the
2: show, Benny. Thank you, Ellen and Art, for having me here today.
1: It's our pleasure, Benny. Could you give us a sense of your own personal journey that eventually led to your current role as managing partner
2: at Base Capital? Sure. Base Capital was founded by me and KK in early 2019. Five years prior to that, KK and I worked very closely for Alibaba and Ant Financial respectively in the region. So we were the first batch of global expansion teams for investment and building business right from the beginning of 2015. We invested in a bunch of companies on behalf of Alibaba and Ant in those five years, we Did a lot of travel to china india southeast asia especially singapore indonesia and a few other countries prior to that i was in the debt financing space and also telecommunication so i stayed in india and singapore for over seven years of my life i witnessed the growth of the mobile infrastructure in terms of 3g and 4g and in those years i saw people's adoption of smartphones and how technology is changing people's behavior and before that I was in the U.S. for half a year doing a startup in data technology. So over the years, I've been seeing how technology can change people's life and how the startup culture has grown in the emerging Asian market, especially Indonesia and India. In the beginning of 2019, after seeing so many companies, unicorns, and great success of entrepreneurs in the region, we decided to create a venture arm, which is based capital today. And fortunately, we got Ant Financial as our anchor LP, and we are deeply associated with the Ant and Alibaba ecosystem.
0: Very helpful background, Benny. Thanks for that. Now, Benny, you mentioned you spent five and a half years as an MD for Indian and Global Strategic Alliances at Ant Financial. I assume that that experience has informed the creation of base capital. Can you give us some more background on your time there?
2: It was uh, definitely... One of the greatest experiences in my life in 2014, 2015, when Alibaba just got listed and Financial Alipay were still a relatively smaller company. The digital payment has just been seeing adoption in China. At that time, and Financial and Alibaba collectively decided to go global, seeking opportunities. What we believe at that time is we want to do that through strategy investments or alliance. We don't believe that we should build out a business by ourselves, especially in the fintech space. So those five years gave me a lot of great experiences. Learning from Ali and N Financial team, my partner KK and I together invested in companies like Paytm in India, Somato. KK was also involved in the Lazada transactions, Tokopedia. So what we did is actually sitting on N Financial and Alibaba's very experienced team, not only through capital investment, but we are able to bridge the company we invested in Indo on India, with the team with the right people in the Alibaba ecosystem so they can surely know how they can actually study together, brainstorming together, exchange ideas when Alibaba and Financial started in the early years. So I'm able to communicate and learn a lot of knowledge from all the team members in and Financial in different verticals from payment, wealth management, insurance and a lot of other stuff, right really understand the history when and grow. So I can carry that information, I can bring that knowledge to the investing company we have in the region. I spend 30, 40% of my time in China in order to learn from various team members. So we are part of the core team that helped Alibaba establish the footprint in the region, including emerging Asia, especially India and Indo.
1: Benny, could you narrow in a little bit on what are your favorite sectors to invest in?
2: This is a great question that a lot of people ask me. When we started Base Capital, we thought we should be sector agnostic. A smartphone is really the key driver for the growth of internet adoption. So our thesis is very simple. Our sector is very simple. We believe in mobile technology. We believe that mobile penetration, smartphone penetration can greatly improve efficiency, can greatly change the traditional distribution manner, and can greatly help people to obtain services. For example, banking services. Usually in the old banking system, you have to deposit a lot of money where there is a very minimal amount. But today with mobile phone, you can do as low as one rupee and you can invest as low as one rupee for wealth management product. So those are changes brought by mobile technology, not only making service accessibility easier, but also making the cost of the service lower. We don't have a particular sector per se, but everything we do is actually associate with the smartphone or mobile technology.
1: If we can talk a little bit about the stage that you invest in typically, what is BASIS' average check size, and how does it think about following on?
2: Sure. Fund one is $150 million. We love early-stage companies. That's the reason Kiki and I started this fund, because we saw a lot of early-stage entrepreneurs become more mature. We can go as early as the seed and as late as the Series B round. As of today, we invest in a range of half a million dollars to five million dollars as our single ticket size.
0: Benny, I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs in the audience would love to understand, what is the nature of BASE's day-to-day operating relationship with Alibaba and Ant Financial? And what benefits might that relationship create for the investee company?
2: And Financial is the anchor and the largest LP in the fund. And a few AND folks also work with us very closely from the business slash investment team. I'll give you a few examples. So internally in Ant, we have been treated as the ecosystem fund to invest in sector agnostic early stage companies. And AND is very open to having collaboration with our portfolio companies to have know-how exchanges and learn from each other in a manner of talking to our founders on a quarterly basis. And we also have an annual get-together with N Financial. Last month, we did our Season 3 CEO Club, which is organized by End Financial, whereby all the CEOs, End Financial invested, including the CEOs we invested, will have three, four-day session together to share their experience, know-how, telling the tough story, how they overcome COVID this year. Unfortunately, this year, the overseas CEO who are outside of China are not able to fly in, but we actually did that online as well. So we believe that with our experiences and previous background of Ant, we are happy to help our portfolio to get connections with either Ant Financial Business Team or Ant Financial Investing companies, wherever they feel there's opportunity to learn or wherever they feel there's going to be a synergy between them right now or in the future.
0: Understood. So some very palpable forms of collaboration and support. Now, Benny, can either of these companies or other affiliates, for that matter, co-invest with Base?
2: Yeah, it is very much possible today. You know, Ant is quite established the ecosystem in China and also invested in over two hundred companies in China and globally. Not only Ant itself, but also a wider range of what we call ecosystem companies can co-invest with base because once those companies get larger, they also have a need to deploy their capital in emerging market. I, I do see that become more and more popular within those companies. I'll give you another example. Last year, before COVID, we actually took five founder and CEO from a financial ecosystem company and we visited Indonesia. We met with local entrepreneurs. We met with conglomerates as well. They went there to learn and look for investment opportunity if there is a similar company or business model which they can understand and help the company to grow. So there'll be multifolds of co-investment possibility through BASE, our investors, and our ecosystem family and friends. Benny, can you tell us a little bit more about some of the investments that
1: BASE Capital has made in Indonesia?
2: Yeah, sure. In Indonesia, slash the region, we had invested in three to four companies. The reason I'm saying that in one of the companies we have incubated, which is a slightly early stage, for example, we invested in a company called Room Me in the co-living space. We invested in a company called Printerius, who use cloud printing technology. They aggregate the demand from individual customer, SME, and corporates, and they utilize The printing capability across the country in thousands of cities, locations, printing their marketing materials, claros, souvenirs, packaging materials, et cetera, et cetera. We also invested in a SME cross-border remittance company called Wallax. The company is based in Singapore, but Indonesia is one of the largest market. They have offices in Indonesia. So those are three companies we have invested in so far.
0: Very helpful, Benny. I know you talked about some of your broad investment focuses, but if we tighten the focus to Indonesia and we think about your activities today, what would you describe as the most interesting investment theses that you're pursuing when it comes to venturing in Indonesia?
2: I think it's still in early stage. All the sectors are still quite open and there's many early stage entrepreneur or first time entrepreneur trying to enter into the market. And somehow it follows the trend of China and a bit from India as well. But what we actually did is whenever we came across a company, we would think whether base capital can add value. Do we have the domain knowledge? And we have a related company in China who can actually guide or help the company to understand their journey so they don't make the same mistake, et cetera, et cetera. I'll give you another example. All the companies I mentioned, the three companies we invested in. Some of the companies, even before we signed the term sheet, we took the founder to China and we visited three, four companies in very similar space within the ecosystem and sometimes even outside of the ecosystem because of the connection we had. We communicate and talk to the founder and CEO directly. We felt this is a great process we can run eventually to Indonesia. The feedback from our founders was very positive. Not only the scale in China is amazing, but the approach, a lot of business thesis or how to build a product will give them a lot of inspiration. So this is the way we look at the market. I think in the Indo market, beyond Jakarta and a few other top cities, Mobile internet will gradually penetrate into other islands, into villages, into towns. It's a matter of time for people to adopt technology. People, for example, will get used to making mobile payments, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, it's a whole lot of open market. And we just need to be a little bit patient in finding the right entrepreneur. And I do see the second time and third time entrepreneur also coming out from market which, again, it's following what China and India did a few years ago. Thanks, Benny.
1: Can you drill down just a little bit on maybe one or two of those examples you've alluded to just now of specific synergies where, for example, bringing the CEOs from Indonesia to China and some of the key learning points that they may have had?
2: Sure. The company in the co-living space, for example, we brought all of the five founders to China. We visited Hangzhou, Shanghai, Beijing. We showed them the similar company. We brought them to the site of where those companies have building co-living space in different approach. And we brought them to five co-living companies to understand their journey, but with all different formats. So some companies in China operate a single flat. Some companies operate what we call centralized co-living format, whereby they take the entire building and reformat that into different rooms. And some companies do co-living plus other services as well. So I remember the largest company today in China has more than 5 million rooms. The five founders learned about the scale, how they pick the location, how they actually reformat the buildings or the apartment, and how do they utilize the data technology to identify the right location, to identify the right customer group, and how do they serve their customer better. That's an eye-opening trip for the company even before we agree to invest in the company. So I think seeing China's scale, seeing China's history is part of that. But more importantly, we establish connection between the, the Indonesia funders and many Chinese funders in the similar space. So they can actually chat from time to time to see well, what is your mitigation towards COVID, things like that. And the printing company I mentioned, we also find an equivalent company called Pyp in China. So they have a large scale. One of the takeaway, other than just know-how and learnings is they started to actually source raw material from China for a better printing experience. Those are a few things we did, and we'll keep on doing that. At Base Capital, we're not only a venture fund who invest in equity, putting money, and we disappear along the journey, but we we'll work very closely with local funder, local entrepreneur in order to cater their requirement. If they want to see something in China, if they want to see something in India, if they want to achieve better synergies within the network, which BASE and myself have.
0: Very interesting examples. Benny, shifting to another topic, how have rising tensions between India and China impacted BASE's investment focus and its range of activities?
2: BASE Capital is just like one of many other Cayman or Mauritius or Singapore-based fund. We have me as a Chinese face, we have KK is Indian, we have a Jakarta team, we have an Indian local team. So we're a multi-international. We are multi international we do not define ourselves as a Chinese or non-Chinese fund, but we do have a lot of connections out of China. I'm still very optimistic towards the Indian market. I think that unfortunately because of COVID, because of different reasons, tension has been created. But I think over time, it will get resolved for sure. And India as a market, as of today, the economy has been stored by the COVID for a while. But I guess during this process, mobile technology adoption will probably get much more penetrated in the country. The people are getting more open to adopt new technology since the COVID lockdown. On the other side, during this process, a lot of entrepreneurs will clearly get stronger. They will understand how to mitigate risk. They will understand how to keep their cash flow. They will understand how to grab opportunity if the offline accessibility has been strictly prohibited for a while. So for us, it will be a great opportunity to get to know more entrepreneurs and share the story from China how to overcome COVID or even turn that into a positive impact to your own venture. So I think over the time, the tension will disappear we are still holding a very positive investment view towards India. In fact, we've been seeing that the Indian government is making regulations that should make non-critical sector venture investment easier. So we we hope that will come through as soon as possible. Very interesting.
1: Thanks, Benny. Switching back to Indonesia a bit, Base is connected, obviously, to China's largest e-commerce and fintech platforms. In what ways might Indonesia evolve differently in these two areas relative to China?
2: I think every market has its own nature. China is a very large manufacturing hub. Indonesia is still catching up. Indonesia is thousands of islands. I think the business thesis will be the same. How to use e-commerce or fintech to offer better services. E-commerce is actually one thing to help the consumer to get product easier, cheaper, much faster, and help the merchant or sellers to achieve a wider range of users. I think the thesis will be the same but the approach will be very different from logistic perspective from a payment perspective from a pin code perspective because the geolocation outlook are just very different essentially the value will be delivered to users or merchant but the way the indonesia entrepreneur needs to solve the problem will be quite different that's the beauty of investing venture space
0: If we think about BASE's geographical focus, it's in many ways triangular. It connects China, India, and Southeast Asia. Looking at another arm of that triangle, do you see any specific interesting lines of transmission between India and Indonesia?
2: I do see Gojek. They also have R&D center in Bangalore, and you see a few senior management, a few Indians who migrated from India to Indonesia to join companies like Toco or other companies as well. So there's a cross-border communication among the entrepreneur or startup ecosystem. And secondly, I also see that there are more and more Indian founders who started in Indonesia market. Probably for Indo entrepreneur or Indian entrepreneur, learning from China is a bit difficult, a bit remote because of the language gap. China can be a difficult market to understand, but India is not. India is slightly ahead of Indonesia, in my view. So, the model from India can be easily learned by local entrepreneurs or even be built up by Indian founders who started up in Jakarta, for example. We see companies like Bukha started by Indian founders, and you see more companies with a local entrepreneur from Indo plus an entrepreneur from India can get some traction in the VC investment world.
1: You touched on this a little bit earlier regarding COVID and the recovery in China. If we think of China as several months ahead of Indonesia in its post-COVID recovery, what do you think we can expect in Indonesia going forward?
2: Although people are suffering, it's not a great time. It's actually a very tough time for everyone in the world today. But if you look at the startup companies, As long as they are able to manage their cash flow, expand the runway, they should be able to grab this opportunity, especially for mobile-first company to educate their users to really solve the problem by delivering products or services online other than offline. So this will be a great test for mobile-first company to educate users and acquire users. However... The entrepreneur should make sure that the business model can deliver value for delivery, online education. And do you do that in the right format? Custom education becomes easier if you really can involve your model, adjust the model, refine your model to deliver real value. So you will have opportunity to grab lots of users. However, with an early stage company, the entrepreneur should also have a clear view in terms of how long this COVID is going to last. So cash flow reserve is very, very important. Can you really stand till the end of the day when things are back to normal and funding activity is back to normal again? Today in the VC world, although we see there's an opportunity to invest, people are not able to travel, people are not able to meet each other. So the due diligence can hardly be organized. So I do see that the capital injection will slow down a little bit. Not because people are not interested in the market, but because of the physical reasons. A lot of funds cannot organize a proper DD or on-site visit. So the entrepreneur needs to get prepared for the worst, but build for the best.
0: Makes eminent sense. Now, Benny, if you had a magic wand, what challenges in Indonesia would you hope to wish away? Would it be on the input side, such as the scarcity of well-trained engineers? Would it instead be on the business model side? maybe a weakness in online monetization? Would it be issues surrounding e-commerce such as logistics? Is it instead a lack of digital literacy in the enterprise or amongst consumers? What problem would you like to see solved first?
2: It's hard to say. The improvement of infra is one of the key elements. I see the government is doing a great job to build roads, airports, new region, new capital. Digital payment and a seamless network of logistics, those will become a very, very important fundamentals for the internet economy to grow. If these two pieces can improve in parallel, I'm not worried about the capability of monetization with digital payment. If people are able to pay very easily, if digital payment is going to be there in the day-to-day life, I think the monetization will be much better. The other thing is the willingness to pay, the wealth to pay, but I'm less worried about that part because as a venture capitalist who invests in Indo. everyone sees the GDP growth of Indonesia is one of the best in the emerging economies. On the other side, the logistics will be a challenging piece. Digital payment is something you can do easily with a mobile phone, but how Indonesia can solve the problem of better logistics is very, very important not only can Jakarta be a hub of innovation, but infra and data technology can greatly improve the efficiency of the system in other parts of the islands. You mentioned engineering capability. I think that's going to be a long-term thing for Indonesia to build, but I do see entrepreneurs are finding ways not only to have engineer centers in Indonesia itself, but having more collaboration with countries like India, even China going forward. So there will be challenges, but I'm still very optimistic if infrastructure can keep on improving, including physical hubs, roads, airports, and data technology. I think those are critical parameters to define how fast the mobile net economy can grow in Indonesia.
1: Really some fascinating insights, Benny. Thank you. Well, folks, that's a wrap. We deeply appreciate you joining us here as part of our third episode of Sino-Indo-Techno. And trust that you'll check in with us as Base Capital continues its progress into the future.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot for joining us, Benny.
1: Thank you, Benny.
2: Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Art. Thank you for having me here today. Terima kasih telah
0: <laughs> Sampai jumpa lagi.